0: view uh, martial law is in effect in the United States. Uh, I believe that has everything to do with why this case got to the Supreme Court and uh, and why it's been handled by the Supreme Court uh, in the manner that it has.
1: With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Wayne Jett coming back to the program and we are going to break down the Brunson case and what's going on in this country. Wayne Jett's law firm produced more case law in his field of labor. He, He was in the labor field and he produced more case law than any other firm in the country. He has been to the Supreme Court many times in different capacities. And so he has some pretty good background and reference to this case and whether it's legit or not. And he he talks about other things like martial law. I you know, I don't know what to believe because we are in such a psyop. Our mainstream media is in such control and lying to us and creating this Twilight Zone universe. Nothing is more obvious than with the vaccine, the COVID vaccine being safe and effective when people are dying everywhere. It's just absolutely incredible. But I want to ask you, I talked, want to ask my audience here, I talked about the fact that the White House is padlocked and nobody is in it. I am wondering, I've heard that from multiple people firsthand. They claim they they were there firsthand. If anyone in the audience also saw it firsthand, not you heard it elsewhere or whatever. If you saw it firsthand, can you please talk about your story in the comments? I want to know what is the truth here. And I want to know how many people have actually witnessed this. And I want to see if it's legit. I've heard it from a few different places now, but not a source, a direct source of mine. I've heard it on different shows and things that they claim they went there firsthand. And, of course, the media is showing pictures of it and the Christmas lights and all this other stuff and all these events. And so it's so weird. I wouldn't put it past them with the fact that they're creating this whole COVID illusion, but I want to know if other people have seen this firsthand. Anyways, we talk about this more in detail. And maybe you guys can help us. Let's be uh, our own community investigators. And that's what we have to be. We have to spread the truth, but we need to have truth. We can't have BS. And there's so much BS out there. And we got to be able to cut that down because this is one big psyop that we're dealing with And it's absolutely incredible. So anyways, this case is pretty interesting and I've been hearing all sorts of things that it's BS, I've been hearing that it's not. I think this will give you some really good insight on the fact that this could be really promising. I don't know. Wayne thinks it is. So I think you'll you'll get a lot out of this interview. Before we get into it, I want to let you know that I have coupons on my website for discounts. You want to take advantage of them while you can before Christmas, the Z-Stack, Defy Time, uh, C60. Make sure that you keep your immune system high. We have our solutions document. I've had so many people email me saying, what should I do? Are we vaccinated. We're sick constantly. Please look at that solutions document. That's something that we put together. If you go to the front page of my website, sarahwestall.com, Dr. Joe Newsma and I put this together. We've been working on it for about over almost two years now. And that's such a complete document from all different perspectives, from keeping from getting sick, what to do when you do get sick, and then how to heal from the damage from these jabs some of the stuff is outside the box of mainstream medicine. It's just the way it is. And hopefully you'll give some of these things a chance. So I hope you take some time to look at that. It's important for everybody and share it with others. People are looking for resources on that. And while you're at my website, of course, sign up for my newsletter and uh, support my other affiliates. That's how I keep this show going. Okay, so let's get into this good conversation with Wayne Jett. Hi, Wayne. Welcome back to the show.
0: Hi, Sarah. It's a great pleasure speaking with you again. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, and so I'm glad that you were able to come back today. We have some stuff to talk about, and I figured you'd be really great with your background as an attorney. I figured it would be really great to talk about this Brunson case and get your take on it. Um, Before we get into this, could you explain what your background as an attorney is?
0: Well, I went to the University of Oklahoma Law School, uh, graduated there, became a member of the Oklahoma Bar Association. Uh, Then uh, shortly thereafter, I actually uh, moved with my wife and son to uh, the Los Angeles area, Pasadena. And uh, uh, I practiced uh, law in California for about uh, 30 years, something of the sort. Uh, I did uh, quite a lot of litigation in the federal courts, uh, district courts, the courts of appeal. And I I actually had two cases decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, So I've been there quite a few times, lots of, uh, lots of cases. Uh, Most of the the time, uh, either responding to a petition for certiorari or a, uh, or filing one and uh, deciding, uh, let the court decide whether we get in or not. Uh, that's the discretionary entrance into the court uh, that's rarely granted the petition for a certiorari. And uh, uh, I also had one that uh, I had a right of direct appeal by statute that didn't have to go through a petition for cert.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, in in any event, uh, I've I've had some familiarity with the federal court system, let's put it that way. Um, I remember uh, uh, a partner in a law firm, downtown Los Angeles, uh, came to my office one time, sort of unannounced, but remember a short conversation in which he, uh, he was a Harvard, educated fellow and so forth with one of the big firms, a partner there in the labor field, which was uh, primarily the field in which I practiced. And uh, he said that I uh, uh, and my law firm had uh, established more case law uh, in the field of uh, enforcement of collective bargaining agreements for purposes of fringe benefits to the employees, such as pensions and health care and things of that nature, that my firm had done more to establish the law of that field than any other one, anyone else in the country. Wow. So I've been, uh, that that doesn't mean that uh, the Supreme Court knows me by my first name, but I've I've been there. So. Uh, so you've done
1: a lot there. and. The reason why i wanted to talk about your background is because i wanted people to understand you know where you're coming from on all this people are very confused as to what's really going on in our country if you hadn't noticed and um there's a lot of disinformation and and a lot of things floating around the court systems are very corrupt we don't trust things and so i wanted your opinion on this brunson case and the merits of it and what they're doing i hear things from both sides that it's it's a it's going nowhere it's a joke and then i hear no there's some merits to it so i wanted to ask you about this brunson case what does the federal law actually state about the need for an investigation on an election because that's the the crux of their case is or one of the points of their case is what the federal law is about investigating an election, and specifically about two thousand and twenty.
0: Well, I I, I think, uh, and all due respect, that uh, the focus on on that approach to the question is is in effect barking up the wrong tree.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: I, I think the case is uh, in the Supreme Court uh, for one reason, uh, and it's. Uh, and got there for the same reason and uh, that has very much what to do uh, has very much to do with what i've been writing about for uh well over a year uh, actually i've been writing since uh, january of of 21 that uh, it's almost two years that in my view uh, martial law is in effect in the united states uh, i believe that has everything to do with why this case got to the supreme court and uh and why it's been handled by the supreme court uh, in the manner that it has uh, so the that martial law context has to be taken into account it uh it makes all the difference in terms of what the court is likely to do and certainly it uh, in my mind is the only thing that explains uh, why the court has taken the extraordinary action that it has to in effect uh, usher this court up to it and take, take command of it in the manner that it has, which is unprecedented uh, in my experience. Uh, no chance anything that I ever had uh, was a petition for cert that the court takes and says, uh, just give us your briefs and re- we're taking, you don't even have to argue. We'll handle it from here.
1: Is that Which what is- they said in this? I mean, did they really say, cause I was under the impression that they took the briefs to go to conference um, mm-hmm. to see if they'll take up the case, but that's not true.
0: Well, um, they, uh, they took the case, based on the briefs without the need for counsel to come and argue before it to persuade them as to the rightness or wrongness of the case
1: but do they have to argue before they do because i thought when they do um in conference they decide whether it'll go to hearing to be able to have the chance to argue it
0: um i don't know that's the case my reading of the conference is they're going to dispose of the case
1: what does that mean dispose of
0: that, that means they're going to uh, write their decision and uh, and uh, handled it to, without further argument by the parties.
1: How do we know that's the case? Because I saw it's on the docket, um, you know, for the Supreme Court. But for the it's on the docket for the conference to decide whether it's going to go to the Supreme Court for hearing. And so many of those cases don't get out of you know conference; they just are denied. How do we know as a public that it's more than that?
0: Well, I don't know that we can have a guarantee uh, because uh, it plays close to the vest. But if, it, if there were any question in my mind as to whether the court was going to take and decide the case, uh, they would have just let it die. Um, I mean, uh, you don't have to give a court uh, case any attention. Certainly not what they've done here. Uh, What I understand the court uh, is indicating by uh, handling the case as it has is that it intends to dispose of the case on the merits and in such a way as uh, the court believes is consistent with the Constitution and also with the interests of the membership of, of the court. I'll just uh, put it that way. Um,
1: and and when I, you say, uh, well, I, and reasonably... I, want to, I want to say one point. One thing they did is they caused the district court to make a decision on it quickly, which they, I mean, they that was kind of interesting, didn't they?
0: Well, yes, the whole thing is interesting. And uh, ordinarily, um, uh, if they didn't have a great interest in this case, uh, you would simply never see it.
1: You wouldn't, they wouldn't even call You mean they wouldn't here. even put it in the conference?
0: That's correct. They, oh, cause
1: they don't, they don't even put things in conference. So of all the things that are going through only a portion even goes to conference.
0: Uh, if, if they don't uh, vote to take a position for cert, uh, it doesn't go anywhere.
1: So they voted to take a position for cert in the first place.
0: Well, uh, my belief is that they certainly have taken uh, extraordinary action in this case.
1: Well, how do you, how, what, in what way did they take extraordinary action?
0: Well, as, starting right from the point when the, when the petition comes in the uh, clerk of the court contacts the attorney and asks for expedited briefing. Uh, that doesn't happen. Or ordinarily, if uh if you file a petition for cert, uh, you're required to uh, to uh, abide by the rules and meet them, or or the petition is not even considered. Uh, so, for the clerk to take this the special interest of uh, reaching out to the uh, to the petitioner, and uh, expediting the presentation of briefs, uh, and uh, and then it going straight to conference without oral argument by the parties uh, the council uh, for the parties. Uh, that's uh, I've never seen a case handle like that before.
1: And how, how long do you usually get? I mean, do they just, if you mess it up, they just pretty much ignore you and you're done. Right. I mean, they give that's you correct. no flexibility. Even right. I was told that they give you a little more flexibility when you're pro se, but not on these kind of procedures. Is that correct? I mean, they do, but not procedurally, I would think.
0: Uh, I I don't. Uh, uh, every case is unique, of course, but uh, by and large, the experience of petition for certs is they simply don't get enough votes from the justices, enough interest expressed in order for cert to be granted.
1: OK, so they they've gotten past the first vote.
0: Uh, oh, my gracious gracious. Uh, it's uh, it's it's unheard of for them to have as much expedition and uh, support from the clerk of the court and so forth in terms of, of getting it done, getting it before the justices so they can actually deal with it. Um, and I, I think that is explained in my mind. The only thing that would explain it uh, would be the existence of martial law in the country as i recently uh, wrote
1: um well i want to talk about martial law me, how do we it, know oh keep going i don't want to cut you off people get mad i sure don't want to cut you off here keep going
0: if it were not uh, for uh well let's put it this way if martial law is in effect in the country the, the court knows about it well, but how good. do
1: we know how can we know about martial law? Because we do need, we did, did need that. And people are getting very frustrated because the mainstream media are still doing their thing. Everybody's still doing their thing. The, the flipping vaccine, a a young girl was, was 14 year old, was just denied really important surgery because she wasn't vaccinated for crying out loud. I mean, we still are in this, this, you know, zone. So if we're in martial law and people, how come we don't know about it and why are they still in control?
0: Well, it's certainly uh, uh, unprecedented. Uh, I, it's hard for me to answer why we don't know. Uh, obviously, part of it is uh, the media doesn't want us to know. Uh, yeah. That, I think, uh, in my view, is explained by their connection to the, the dark side. Uh, which is uh, a a great handicap for the people uh, and understanding. Uh, But uh, nevertheless, let's just talk about uh, the justices that are making the decisions on this. Yep. Um, If there is martial law, they know about it. If there is martial law, as I've written uh, probably a dozen times, in my view there is, in effect at this time, Uh, then um, there are consequences. Uh, There is authority in the hands of the military that is most important. And that includes, for example, consideration of whether anyone in the government has participated in the insurrection. And the violation of the Constitution and so forth. That would include officers of the Supreme Court. Um, I'm not singling them out, but I'm just saying they're not singled out and excluded from the reach of martial law. Uh, if there is reason for them to be reached, that is, if anyone has violated their duties of of, uh, fealty, of allegiance to the Constitution, of abiding by it, uh, abiding by the federal laws. Uh, Certainly the uh, justices of the Supreme Court are not exempted from the duty to abide by the law, to abide by the Constitution and so forth. If, for example, just, I'm not suggesting anybody But if, for example, a member of the Supreme Court were to engage in a conspiracy uh, to overthrow the constitution, of course it would be a violation uh, of law. Uh, And uh, certainly it would be make them subject to uh, the the authority of uh, martial law authorities, Uh, who uh, are charged with the responsibility of defeating any such insurrection or violation of the Constitution. Um, If that is the case, if there is one or more justice who might have such a concern, um, it obviously would affect uh, that person's thinking I would uh, assume uh, in uh, the way they conduct themselves in the handling a case such as this it is possible I'm not suggesting I know for anything like a fact that it is is the fact but uh, it seems to me a logical viewpoint that that uh, if a person on the Supreme Court or any other uh, office of federal government for that matter, were to be concerned about exposure to uh, an accusation of insurrection, uh, that that person uh, might have a strong need to ameliorate The infraction and uh, perhaps uh, qualify for something in the nature of uh, mercy or something of that nature.
1: So why would they take this case up if there's people on the Supreme Court that so you think that that possibly there's a split situation, a war going on in the Supreme Court, just like there's a war going on everywhere else, and that. There's something else going on behind the scenes as well. I mean, that's what you're implying here.
0: Well, uh, let's just start from what we know. Uh, we know that the court has handled this case, in my opinion, at least I believe I'm quite convinced, in an extraordinary way and has advanced it in such a way uh, to enable it to be decided uh, very promptly. Now, uh, uh, we can wait for January 6th and see what they do. That's an easy thing to do, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're so interested that I'm uh, simply speculating at this point uh, in terms of my best judgment as to what may be the case uh, as to why it has been expedited and handle the way it has, and what we are likely to see come January 6th or shortly thereafter. Um,
1: well, what will we see? I mean, because if the court decides that they, basically, let's talk about what they're trying to decide on, because that's, this is incredible. Talk about what it is that is in front of the court and what they are trying to decide on.
0: Well, uh, the way it's been described is, uh, as, as I understand it, is that uh, there was a requirement of federal law uh, during the counting of the electoral votes in January, on January the 6th of 2020? Uh, that uh, I'm sorry, J- January the 6th of 2021, when they were counting the electoral votes uh, from the election of 2020 presidential election um, that uh, there was reason to believe that, uh, uh, well, there was evidence clearly from several states of competing slates of electors, Uh, the same state having both a a set of electors claiming authority to vote uh, on the side of the Biden uh, people and uh, other electors from the same state saying, no, uh, the true vote in our state says that uh, Trump won and we're voting for him. In other words, there were contested slates of electors from the same states on each of several states. Yep. Uh, they would have made the difference in who's president. Um, if the evidence, uh, for example, uh, uh, showed vote fraud, there's even more reason to be careful in, in terms of uh, who gets to vote because if there was vote fraud, it's of an insurrection and an attempt to overthrow the government. Uh, that's why it makes it so important to get it right. Now, what has been said about uh, this uh, Brunson is that uh, there was a requirement of a, uh, because of the competing slates of electors, there was an absolute requirement of federal law that there be a 10-day delay and an investigation of which slate is entitled to be seated or counted. Now, I have not found that statute. I have not seen it. I don't know that that is the case, but uh, that is what has been uh, reported. And so I just, uh, I mention it.
1: But you what don't a, know if that's the, you don't know if that law statute actually exists.
0: Uh, I have not seen the statute, and uh, and looking at uh, the petition that I've read from uh, Brunson, it does not cite the statute. It does oh, so not you, refer there's no way
1: to find. Okay.
0: It, it does not uh, refer to the ten days, uh, but nevertheless.
1: You mean this the, the case doesn't even refer to the ten days.
0: Uh, as far as I can tell, the argument is not made that there's a ten-day requirement. Uh,
1: what is uh, the argument then?
0: Um, that the, the procedure wasn't followed; that they they were required to uh, consider the other votes and they didn't do it.
1: Okay, so it wasn't a it was just that they didn't do it, not that they it was a ten day. Now, does the statute say? Is there a statute that says that they're required to investigate?
0: Well, um, it certainly is a uh, matter of utmost importance that any uh, dispute of that kind be considered and properly disposed of. Uh, Otherwise,
1: uh, we don't have any redress, right?
0: The government uh, and the election of our leadership is completely subject to uh, the whims of uh, insurrection of, of those who would defraud the vote.
1: Well, and plus we don't have in, it, the people don't have the ability to redress anything.
0: That's correct. And if, if you have the uh, ability to uh, uh, fraudulently choose the leadership, uh, it, the Constitution means nothing.
1: That's true. Nothing uh, is, it is relevant.
0: Absolutely basic that uh, the sanctity of the vote must be protected or the Constitution uh, uh, is is dead before any uh uh a real enemy that wants to attack it
1: yeah it's meaningless okay
0: and and that's where we are that's that's what uh, i think has come about so i'm not surprised that uh well the (laughs) the penalties that are argued for the violation in this uh, uh in this case, uh, are to the effect that uh, everyone who went ahead and voted uh, for confirmation of those electoral slates without the investigation has subverted the Constitution and must be removed from office and disqualified from any federal office for life.
1: Now, is that, is there anything written that that's true? I mean, is that
0: uh best I understand uh, there is. Uh, I, I believe that's the case. They cite law uh, to the effect uh in their brief. And um it, it certainly it seems to me within the realm of probability, I would even say, that the court is going to hold that. Uh I don't uh I don't see that uh, the court would come down in any circumstance. Uh, with a view that, uh, well, it's really not harmful to uh, pick the wrong slate of candidates. Uh, I mean that that is a, a meal ticket for uh, those who uh, are interested in defrauding uh, the vote, and we know there are many of those people. Uh, so, well, yeah, uh, it is a matter of utmost importance, and I'm just saying that this case the. Brunson case would have died a uh, an ignominious death if the Supreme Court had not stepped in and said, get it here.
1: Yeah, uh, that is very interesting. I had Brunson on the show the day that they put it on the docket.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, he got confirmation right before yes. he yes, came on the show. Yes, I saw that.
0: And, and I congratulated you for being uh, just absolutely right on the spot to get that great interview he gave.
1: Yeah, he was very excited. I got he because of that, I think he was really open and told us a lot. And you know, we got his true character. He was very um he was just really excited, which he should be. And I, I just, you know, and then of course I got all these people telling me that this is not you know i got the other side of it and so that's why i wanted to have you on to talk with your legal background i just wanted to understand more what we're dealing with here because this whole thing is above my pay grade from a legal standpoint as to what's really going on um makes me wish i would have went to law school so i understood it more but i i i um i'm really confused as to what martial law is going on in this country and why we're still dealing with a complete fraudulent situation for this long.
0: Well, it is a, a very complex situation. I've, I've written about it uh, numerous times, some of the ins and outs. Uh, the difficulty, uh, I think, the challenge to our Constitution, to our constitutional rights, is international in scope it has been uh, far longer than my life Uh, a book the fruits of graft uh, it talks about the conspiracy uh, that was clearly defined uh, in 1901 uh with the stated intention that uh, our constitution was going to be overturned was going to be uh, overcome uh that uh uh we have a we have the problem of a globalist elite uh what was written about in 1880 in the best selling book on economics ever written uh as a uh, a powerful pecuniary force that writes laws and molds thoughts in every nation that's the globalist cabal uh it's currently called and uh a book was written in 1901, uh, basically stating that, uh, their intention was, uh, to, by the year 2000, learn how to poison all of the people they didn't want. Uh, the person who wrote that book was HG Wells, uh, And he was promptly uh, invited to the White House as the honored guest by President Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, You and I have spoken about this kind of thing at length before, and so I won't uh, continue to go into it. But uh, we've had that problem that we've faced certainly my entire life, and uh, it has spelled itself out in uh, various ways. uh, major wrongs done against the American people and the people of the world. Uh, the crash of '29 was was planned and uh, executed by these uh, powerful people in our country, uh, the ones that uh, do not see us as capitalism. They're called capitalists, but they're mercantilists. They're the kingmakers. They're the ones who got uh, the Federal Reserve. Uh, Created uh, to be their own private bank uh, to issue uh, fiat currency. Uh, that we're finally at the point of uh, its failure and uh, hopefully uh, being overcome so that we never go that way again. Uh, in fact, other major nations of the world are well along the path. I hope we're not very far behind them in joining them of having uh um gold-based currency again that uh, provides actual value to the people working for it as opposed to uh, having a secretly operated uh, paper money in which the people who authorized to create it are guaranteed they will never be audited by anybody can yeah. do whatever they want with it. I mean, what kind of a plan is that except for something allowing them to steal and to uh, uh, mount their fortune year by year, all at the expense of the working people? And uh, and yet uh, our major institutions here keep singing their praises as if they're the only way to think economically. Um, Classical monetary theory uh, has got to be, uh, is returning to the world. And uh, I'm most interested in seeing that the United States of America uh, uh, joins that parade that has already got a pretty good uh, set of uh, nations uh, out there ahead of us.
1: Well, let's Uh, talk about that a little bit because China's involved in that and they're trying to we're, we're trying to discern, I know China has its good guys and its bad guys too. And is the CCP aligned with, with these guys or are they aligned against them? I mean, I see evidence both ways. And so it gets confusing as to whether we're fighting China or we're aligned with China. You know, we want to be aligned or do we want to fight them? Because they're doing that zero COVID policy and they're doing all these weird things but yet they're also trying to do the gold-backed currency.
0: Yes. Uh, There's a problem in just about every nation of the world, Uh, everyone, as far as I know. uh, That that is, there's a deep state that's trying to undercut that nation and its national uh, aspirations. Uh, China is in that circumstance. Even Russia is in that circumstance, although I think Russia has dealt with... uh, expelling its its deep state uh, as well and as effectively as any any nation has uh, I wish we were as far along as they are uh, in my estimation we still have a uh, I mean what kind of a administration can you call it that we presently have I think it's a uh, not a valid administration that is being uh, touted by the press as in control of our nation. I think we are actually under martial law and that uh, the Biden administration does not have the authority that it claims, but we'll have to see how that works out.
1: Well, pretty much think- even if we are under martial law, if they ignore it and keep moving forward and saying we are, we are the authority, it's it depends on how you address it, right? I mean, it's just like if there's no tree in the forest and you can't see it, then is there the tree? <laughs> you know, if they, yes. if they well, just don't acknowledge it.
0: Yeah. I think obviously uh, it's going to have to move uh, more aggressively and I think that's likely to be be the case. Uh the timing in some respects I believe uh, I've said before uh, has to take into account that in order to defeat these globalists, you have to defeat them all over the world, not just in your own nation. If you defeat them just in the, in the United States, uh, they're out there and they're coming back. They're oh, they'll keep coming all back. all the time.
1: Yeah. And if you don't fix certain things, even if you win certain battles, I've been telling people um, with the, because Tom Rents, I've been working with Tom Rents and we're developing this coalition and it's coming far along well within the next month we're going to announce what we're doing but um i've been telling people that all these wins with covid and all these wins with all these other things they're all temporary if we don't fix the freedom of speech issue
0: yes we have uh, certainly uh, uh great challenges here but um uh, there's been uh it's an unusual thing i would have thought that uh martial law would have been more prominent Uh, and uh, in the open, but this is a different world. And I think the deep state uh, around the world is the one that has caused it to be so complicated. Uh, I'm not gonna try to second guess how well they're doing uh, with the approach they're taking because they certainly have more information than I do. Uh, But uh, uh, I think it's to try to understand these things on a daily basis Uh, In my estimation, you have to take into account what the situation really is, and uh, and that is martial law. Uh, I've been convinced since January of 2021, as I said, that we are under martial law, and the evidence is mounted and mounted and mounted that that is the fact. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, you still can't see it on any of the major, uh, any, any news outlet. Uh, that uh, is uh, of electronic nature, at least. And so um, it's still supposedly a mystery, but uh, I guess it's going to remain a mystery right up to the time that uh, it hits us in the face. And I I think this case, the Brunson case, uh, could very well be a major way in which the the whole thing is made prominent uh, and uh, to some extent corrected Uh, by uh, granting the relief that is uh, requested. What we're talking about in terms of relief is the removal of uh, the substantial part of the sitting Senate and the substantial part of the House of Representatives of of the United States and disqualified from ever holding federal office of any kind again. Uh, that would uh, lay the groundwork as soon as that court decision is made if it comes to that effect uh, that would uh, that would provide for a very significant realignment of the political uh, people of this nation
1: okay uh, if that happened which we do need some serious stuff to happen now, who would who would make the authority who would act on that
0: uh the supreme court would uh be making an order
1: they'd make an order and then who would enforce it
0: well the military uh, enforces martial law
1: so but do you um, think that there's two militaries going on right now because there are quite a few people in the military i mean the fact that they were doing you know, with the forced vaccination was a way for them to weaken our military.
0: Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, you you ask a good question about, uh, you know, what the the full remedy is from the court. Uh, Yes, there are named respondents who have been removed uh, and uh, disqualified from office. Uh, That in itself would leave the Congress Uh, and the Senate in a position of uh, greatly reduced membership.
1: Would we, would it trigger a a hot war at that point? Would it trigger, would that be a trigger? Because they could just uh, say, we're not going anywhere. I mean, it would be kind of like people would start picking sides openly.
0: Well, yes, but I I think that has been uh, done uh, in substantial part already. It's just not reported in the news. Um, I, I assure you, the press would have access to information about the, the martial law and could report it if they were of a mind to, but it's all just uh, uh, in line with apparently keeping the, uh, the so-called, uh, Biden administration, uh, having the vestiges of office uh, when there is, uh, in my mind, at least a, uh, a very substantial question of whether that's the case. So but let's see what the court does uh, January the 6th uh, or shortly thereafter. I think we'll see. And uh,
1: well, I, think- I have talked to people who supposedly are in, you know, working in the martial law and working, um, doing things, but none of them will come on record. They they're told not to speak to the press, and yes. so I can't get anybody to come on and actually talk about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so to me, that's very frustrating.
0: Yes, well, that's a that's an insight in itself, and uh, it uh, I've had uh, some pushback in terms of uh, getting my message out, but I'm. I'm just trying to uh, let people know what I think is important for their uh, their understanding and their, their trying to uh, uh, survive and overcome the present circumstance we have so that I, I think uh, my view is more hopeful than, uh, than many would otherwise have. And I think that's why it's, it may be... Uh, desirable to have it out. That doesn't mean that everybody desires it. I've certainly had plenty of pushback.
1: But, yeah. Uh, well, and the pushback is, is more like you're crazy kind of pushback versus well, what's, why is it seems less likely that nobody would fight this coup, this obvious it was an obvious coup. And the fact that no one would fight it seems less likely than the other way. I mean, it just is, I feel like I'm in a twilight zone and I was listening to the, a local media station, and this is the same way they're all over the country. They just read something they're given and 50 people all over the country read the same thing, but they're talking about Carrie Lake losing. And the amount of times, this is what a PSYOP is. The amount of times that they said that she lost was like four or five times in this 30 second clip. Carrie Lake is contesting her loss in Arizona and even despite her loss, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll see, you know, when she takes us up that whether she can argue her loss and she lost and she lost, it was just, I kept saying she lost. And it was like, God, that's so obvious that that's a psyop, Uh but that's what they're, they keep doing. Go ahead. I
0: don't don't know whether you have, I don't recall whether you have interviewed, uh, that gentleman named uh, Derek Johnson.
1: Uh, I don't think so. No. Uh,
0: he was a Lieutenant Colonel, but was in the, uh, army, uh, but was disabled and had to take a, a retirement. Uh, oh but, yeah. Uh, he
1: was running for office in Texas.
0: No. Oh, a different guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Derek Johnson, uh, is extremely capable on the subject of martial law.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, uh, has. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I'll just take a second to tell you that uh, by uh, the grace of God or by this uh, luck and circumstance, I happened to hear the rant that he recorded on uh, YouTube uh and i think i heard it while it was live i don't know how i happened to tune in just in time but he was actually uh this was uh, when there were only six or seven or eight people listening to him <laughs> on his rant. oh wow and uh and yet you meant to listen i knew at the moment that this is surely going to go viral and within 30 minutes it was all over the internet and he has become a uh, a very, very, very prominent and well listened to person. You might want to uh, talk with him. Uh, but he is—he uh, uh, went into the army as a recruit, uh, made it to corporal, and then uh, changed over into the officers and made it to lieutenant colonel before he was disabled. But he—he uh, he really is uh, highly capable in interpreting, uh, military code, military communications, military, uh, actions. And, uh, he's very familiar, for example, with what is going on in the country, uh, and what has gone on since, uh, January of 2021, uh, when national guard showed up, uh, in the state in the, in Washington DC and, uh, um, um,
1: well, I've he, heard that National Guard, not to interrupt, I want you to continue, but I heard that that it's like a ghost town in Washington, D.C.
0: Yes, and uh, a part of the situation is uh, fences around the White House that are padlocked from the outside. Yes. Uh, those are not, that's not a White House that is being occupied presently by the so-called uh, Biden administration.
1: They're lying continually to the American people that they're
0: and the just press is completely uh, read in on it. They know they're not going to those places.
1: They act like they're even going there.
0: Yeah. So uh,
1: how do you get this many people to commit treason or to lie to people? Uh-huh. I mean, that's just incredible.
0: Well, they've been out it a long time, I guess, but I'm not going to suppose that I've got any particular insight into it. But uh, I think we're getting to the point that we're just about to have a, a, a well, uh, a come to truth moment, we'll put it that way, uh, that uh, is, uh, is bearing down on us. Uh, I'm certainly ready for it. I think lots of other people are as well. But, uh, ready for it. I mean, uh, this, I think
1: we're past ready for it.
0: Uh-huh. This, uh, this case I think is going to be a substantial part of it. If we have a unanimous Supreme Court uh, in effect, remove, granting the relief uh, requested, uh, I won't be surprised. And uh, that will remove a lot of people from elective office. It will uh, completely restructure the Congress uh, and, uh, and the Senate for a period of time And I think we'll be off on a a journey toward recovering our constitutional rights in a way that uh, makes people wish they never engaged in this uh, uh, election fraud that they've been involved in.
1: Well, I hope you're right. And I guess we're gonna see this at some point here, Uh, um, whether it just comes and pass and they dismiss it or whether it turns into something real. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want people to be saddened and feel disheartened if things don't turn out the way we want them to. I think we have to keep fighting regardless, but I hope you're right on this.
0: Well, we might as well, uh, uh have some moves to the, uh, uh, to the good. Uh, it's been quite a while and, I'm, I think the people are ready for it. Uh, let's just see whether, uh, uh, all of the uh, cards come up right in terms of the military's time for action, and uh, uh, hopefully there will be a, uh, a resolution that will make our predecessors in history uh, proud of the way we conduct matters now.
1: Well, I hope so. But I, you know, I would like to understand a little bit more about the military too, because I, I'm sure there's multiple factions going on, and I would. I, you know, they're probably trying to keep a peaceful resolution here. Um, I just don't know if it's going to stay peaceful. I just, I don't know.
0: Well, I, uh, I think the fact of the matter is that it hasn't been entirely peaceful. No, it has not. Uh, You're absolutely and, right. Uh, uh, and there is still more ground to cover, no doubt about it. We don't know the outcome, but, uh, the uh, military high command has been <clears throat> has been uh, active for some time, in my opinion, and uh, uh, and they have been effective to some extent. But still, I would have expected I certainly expected that they would have been right out in the open by now, and uh, maybe it's going to be soon.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Because at some point, it just it doesn't. It's hard to to even know what's really happening if they don't come clean to a certain extent, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And all it's doing is making everybody else who reports on it look like they're idiots because they're in la-la land, you know?
0: Uh, well, uh,
1: even though they might, they might not be, they're telling the truth, but it's just, it's hard to.
0: If you, uh, if you take into account uh, and le- put as the standard mainstream media, uh, then you're under a great uh, uh, handicap because that's not reality. Uh, It is uh, what's been called fake news for some years now. And it's actually worse than that. It's It's
1: worse than fake (laughs) news. It's
0: malicious. It's not just fake.
1: It's malicious. And why do you think there's so many people that are willing to partake in it? I I think that I know there's a group of just completely ignorant people, but they they come across as the sweetest, nicest people, and they're just they're tools for the most evil people on the planet.
0: Well, they've uh, unfortunately been misled, and uh, they just it, don't know. It's so deeply ingrained in uh, major universities, uh, the so-called elite uh, thinking. Uh, it's really hard to get it back on the right track when, uh, people have been misled so long, which is why my book, uh, the fruits of graft <clears throat> tried to uh, start providing a pattern of what really happened, uh, in the beginning, uh, you know, the beginning of the 20th century, uh, the plague of 1917, uh, um, the, uh, the wars, the crash of 29, uh, all of it, uh, as part of a pattern, a part of a plan to destroy the middle class completely. Uh, that, uh, HG Wells book that said that was the goal, destroy the middle class completely worldwide. And, um, uh, uh and then, uh, to get, uh, really rough as soon as they had the middle-class gone. Uh, so what do you mean
1: get really rough when they get the middle-class gone? What does that mean?
0: It means, uh, their plan spelled out that by the year 2000, they needed to learn how to poison the people of the abyss, those they did not wish and or need. And, uh,
1: so that means that how about all the people who are following them loyally and are the most easily brainwashed are the ones who keep getting this vaccine. They're the ones that are most likely to die right now.
0: Uh, I can't uh, disagree with you. Uh, it is uh, remarkable that uh, they can get so many people to follow them over, over the edge of the cliff, not follow them over, but to, uh, take the directions to jump off the cliff. Uh, yeah, so, cause they
1: didn't take it,
0: <laughs> uh, but the, you see these, uh, these hidden plans, these, uh, these, uh, satanic plans have been there, uh, amongst our elite, all of these years, more, you know, <clears throat> as far as, uh, I mean, from the time my father was born, let alone myself, uh, that plan was already out there and uh, planning to do as much damage as possible. Uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, they have done so much damage in just these recent years and are still doing it, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm convinced presently that, uh, the military, uh, has, uh, effective action, uh, to cut back on the capabilities and the actions, uh, and even do some punishing of those who've been involved in this, this, uh, satanic poisoning that seeing in the last, uh, several years.
1: Well, yeah, the, this satanic poisoning and the fact that it just continues, uh, you know, I just posted an article where, um, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough said that we need to immediately set up clinics all over the country that will deal with the vaccine damage, and that's exactly what we need to do. I've been talking about Sherry Edwards, this is for over a year that we've been talking about um, setting up clinics for people, Um, but he's making a plea to do it, you know, with the mainstream medicine. Mainstream medicine isn't the way to go into the future, but right now, that's the only thing people believe. So that's what we need. We need clinics that will help people immediately. Yes,
0: yes Dr. McAuliffe is certainly one of the heroes, and uh, there are quite a number of others now, <clears throat> not nearly as many as we need. Too many uh, in the uh, medical field have gone along and uh it's a great tragedy yes and, uh, it's a great tragedy. a crime as well
1: yes it is so okay well how can people get your book and can they still get it before christmas
0: yes I'd be happy for them to uh go to my website classicalcapital.com it's still 28 dollars. Uh, <throat> go to the buy book page and uh, you can see the uh book review there it's still the only one that I ever got uh but it was from Robert David Steele and uh he's the man that you may recall yep. recommended me uh to you so that I got my first interviews uh on your show and uh, certainly was uh was a great inspiration to me um and he wound up uh Uh, Picking my book, The Fruits of Graft, as number seven among more than 2,000 that he had uh, actually reviewed in his entire career. And he awarded it seven stars. Actually, he he made made it number six among the people, uh, among all of the books that he had uh, reviewed. Uh, Seven stars and uh, uh, life-changing transformative is what he called uh, those top 25 books. Uh, So... uh, I certainly hope that we're going to see him again. I still am holding out hope that we do.
1: He's, he either was murdered or he's undercover.
0: That's uh, the the question. And I uh, uh, certainly, uh, uh, like I say, hope that we will be seeing him and hearing from him. I got to tell you,
1: if he's listening, I think he's a complete a-hole, but I kind of miss some of his a-holeness. Um, <laughs> as far as what he does and says, um, I, I mixed on who, what his reasoning was, but he brought a lot of things out to the people. And I think that's really important. And I do miss some of his direct comments and things that need to be said.
0: Yes. No question about it. He really had a way of, uh, uh, using courage when it needed to be done in order to s- say things plainly. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll look for better times and better news in that regard. And uh, thank you very much for having me, Sarah. It's a great pleasure to be with you again.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And one last thing, if they buy your book um, now and they'll get it still before Christmas. And does the money, is there additional shipping charges?
0: Um, $28 for the book uh, and that uh, for media mail shipment includes uh, includes shipping within the United States.
1: Oh, excellent. Okay. And then how long does media mail usually take? Do you know?
0: Um, well, it can take uh, five days. It can take 10 <clears throat> in the United States. It's, it's really kind of hard to say, but you, you do get a, a tracking code so that you can track it uh, in order to see when it arrives at your home.
1: So it's the 13th right now. I'm hoping to put it out by either tonight or tomorrow. And 10 days, if that's the longest, you'll still get it before Christmas, assuming the it's working on schedule.
0: Yes. Uh, I might say that uh, getting it after Christmas is not the worst thing in the world. That's true. It's something for the ages, I think. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting a little dry. No,
1: that's okay. Yeah, and if they get a late book or just give them a picture of the book as a Christmas present and then the book's coming. Or get it for yourself because it's an important book to have
0: yes well uh i appreciate very much uh, getting to talk with you sarah and uh merry christmas
1: yeah you too thank you wayne you have a great christmas and a great new year's
0: bye-bye